0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. We're in the middle of Muscle Building Month in the Muscle Intelligence community, and we are bringing you everything that it takes to understand how to add muscle to your frame with respect to training in the gym. We're going deep this month to ultimately give you every little thing you need to understand performance, to understand training, we're bringing you the best guests in the world. And today is absolutely no exception. Dr. Svetlana Masgutova joins me today, live from Poland, where she is currently working on her incredible program called the MNRI, which is the Masgutova Neurosensory Motor Reflex Integration Program. I know that's a mouthful, but I'll explain what it is. Anyone who has experienced any type of trauma in their life likely has some type of reflexes that are not integrated. Dr. Mascutova spends her life helping people reintegrate reflexes. Why do you care and why does it matter to you? Well, ultimately, if you've ever noticed a disparity left to right in your body, if you've ever noticed any type of structural imbalance, maybe something just doesn't feel right. Maybe your body isn't developing equally. Oftentimes, this can be traced back to the lack of integration of certain reflexes. If you tend to be slow in your ability to react, if you tend to be mentally challenged, if you tend to be very sympathetically driven, meaning stressed a lot, the route that must change is the integration of reflexes. And this is something that I've been learning about for many, many years. And it's really, Dr. Masputova is the number one person in the world when it comes to understanding the integration of reflexes. So I am incredibly honored to have her join me today Um, and discuss everything there is to understand about reflex integration. And here's why you care. If you're someone who ultimately wants to perform at a high level, if you're someone who ultimately maybe feels like you're tight, maybe your body feels misaligned, or maybe your your hips are tight, your spine is tight, oftentimes stretching doesn't work. And this is proven. A lot of people just stretch and stretch and stretch and doesn't change anything. And what we notice is when you integrate reflexes, the body just relaxes. The body can actually turn down its sympathetic tone, which is ultimately its stress response that occurs because these, these reflexes aren't integrated. And your body can ultimately realign itself in the way that it's meant to be. And Mascute, Dr. Maskuchava goes through this with me today walks through some incredible stories of people she's worked with and how miraculously her program works and also exactly how you can do it too and I think that's why this is very interesting uh, Dr. Maskutova is truly a gift someone who's committed her entire life to helping people to ultimately understand uh, what it's going to take to realign their body and she's got some incredible incredible stories that you're going to love listening to and today's podcast is brought to you by our amazing friends over at Bub's Naturals. I think everyone who listens to this podcast currently uses Bub's MCT powder because I'm probably the world's biggest advocate. I'm sitting here in Costa Rica actually just having finished a coffee with one scoop of Bub's MCT in it. And if you're someone who likes almond milk or maybe you like cream or milk or uh, anything like that in your coffee... Uh, I highly suggest you switch over to MCT powder. Don't use MCT oil. It's really gross and oily, but MCT powder makes your coffee cream and rich and delicious. And it's an absolute absolutely essential in my morning. I also will add about 10 grams of Bub's collagen into my coffee every morning, just so I know that my hair, my s- hair, yes, I have hair, not on my head, but my hair, my skin and my nails are healthy and supported with the amino acids they need to thrive. And I'll also add a little vitamin C in with that, which has been shown to improve collagen, elasticity, and collagen synthesis. There's a little hack for you guys. If you want to improve collagen, which is often your joints, your ligaments, your tissues, your hair, your skin, your nails, uh, those things are very, very important. So my suggestion is add at least 20 to 30 grams of collagen a day and add some vitamin C in with it. There's some other things you can take, but in general, that's a really simple thing that everyone should be taking every day anyways. And you can get the highest quality one that exists anywhere at bubsnaturals.com or head over to muscleintelligence.com slash bubsnaturals and get hooked up with 20% off when you use the code MUSCLE. Ladies and gents, you're going to love this podcast with Dr. Svetlana Maskutova. And when you do, listen all the way to the end because we get some really interesting stuff coming at you in the last few minutes. Dr. Mastikutova, welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I've been studying your stuff from a distance for oh, probably about five years, and it's really, really interesting and really, really complex. I'm incredibly honored that you would take the time to join us today. Um, your background is absolutely phenomenal, and you're doing incredible things with helping people to integrate reflexes that may have been stalled. And again, you'll do a better job of of explaining what that is and what that means but first of all welcome to the show i'm so so honored to have you
1: hello hello dear ben and everyone who is joining today uh, our podcast interview and it is really a joy to talk about the uh, integration of body muscles and the brain thank you very much for invitation.
0: Yeah, and so you've got a really interesting background, uh, how you kind of came across this. You started working with some people who had experienced severe traumas, and you're noticing something specific. I'd love to have you kind of tell us about that.
1: Okay, so uh, originally, uh, my education is in psychology. I'm PhD, post-PhD in psychology, and my biggest experience, this is the work with those who got into catastrophes. Uh, different uh, disasters that are nature-made and human-made disasters, catastrophes, and uh, working in several uh, big catastrophes, biggest in the world in 1989. For example, in Russia, this is the uh, trainway crash. Before that, I worked with um, survivors of Chernobyl catastrophe, Uh, many other, um, such as um, Armenia, uh, earthquake, when thousands of the uh, people were swollen by the earth, then it is moving uh, to Poland next from Russia. Because we had our own personal trauma, our sister was killed at the criminal times in Russia. So uh, finding no uh, good way to clear up why and what, uh, I was just like internally protesting against a, a such system. And we made decision that we are living country. And then I started working with uh, different survivors of the post-trauma catastrophe, post-trauma in Poland. And this way I was working in Europe. And next in 1994, this was my first coming to United States where actually I gave a presentation on my program on post-trauma, post-trauma effect, how it affects our body, our mind, and integrity of the body and mind system. And there... We had huge experience of the work with survivors of the uh, Newtown Sandy Hook school uh, shooting. Uh, we worked with children, with uh, their uh, adults, I mean, parents and grandchildren, grand, uh, grandfathers, grandmothers. Uh, we were working with their grandchildren. Uh, and it was big uh, learning what is true, what is the truth about survival, uh, about, uh, how protective responses are switched on in a human in this kind of uh, the edge, I would say, of the situation when it is about whether you will uh, leave you survive, and you will continue your life, or you're just giving up. Like when we were working, we were working with uh, survivors' uh, children, basically, but also their parents and also their parents uh, in Ufa after the uh, trainway catastrophe when two. Uh, two um, trains were coming to the valley where the gas uh, licking had happened. And it was just like tons and tons of gas. And suddenly this explosion had happened, like equal to atomic uh, explosion. Um, There were children, uh, let's say, some of them didn't have arms, they were burnt and broken, no arms, or, uh, for example, big burning burning of the skin, burnt pathways, uh, breathing pathways, breathing pathways, and also, uh, let's say, um, some of them didn't have nose, somebody didn't have eyes, uh, or uh, they became blind, or no ears, and so on. Just like uh, watching all this, by itself already, big trauma for first responders, for those who are helping them. And I was there in the role of voluntary specialist um, of psychology, basically. And I came with my big luggage, how I was thinking. I'm the dean of practical psychology in one of the uh, Moscow district um Universities, and I will just give the best my knowledge, new technologies, and so on, and coming to hospital, everything was upside down in my professional attitudes in my professional uh, belief when I understood nothing will help actually. Uh, these children uh, something like, uh, let's think now about uh, how we are going to release your emotional tension. Nothing was working. They were not hearing. Uh, as they were not understanding instructions, they were in this kind of comatose state, uh, in shock state. When car text, the words, the processing of the words was not available, and you were to think how you can help these children. Uh, why I'm talking about this, uh, because this is the real situation when uh, human life is on edge and you need to do something, or if you cannot do uh, the proper things, then... Uh, children were dying, and they were dying every uh, sixth child were dying in our hands. And there the understanding came how body by itself is an organization that you cannot just like refer only through comprehension, through language, through cortical stuff. You need to go uh, with some other pathways in the nervous system to reach uh, the subcortical structures of the brain that were worried, they were uh, governing the protection survival mechanisms. And you were like to reach the sentence and to come down them. No words. So what can be that? Nonverbal techniques. This was biggest discovery that in post-trauma state or in just more stress state, uh, we need to know as professionals and especially when you are talking about the people that are training their bodies uh, and training because sports by itself already huge stress. Maybe it is you stress, positive stress or negative stress, but it's so important uh, to understand that there is no any stress, a stress that is worth of losing the health of your own nerve system. This is where we came to understanding. Let's reach the nerve system, the body, its muscles, its fibers, what are the rules, what are the laws for the work to keep them safe and also connected with the brain at the same time to uh, keep your wholeness as a human, as a, human, as a person. Uh, and this um, experience was for sure just huge with discoveries that, oh, skin is important for release of the stress. Oh, muscles are important. Tendons are important. The ligaments are important. And except all these kind of elements in whole body structure, segments are important. And unity of the upper limbs, lower limbs important, and connection of the head and body. But end now. Uh, What is like governing now within all of our body uh, when we talk about the nerve system and highest level of that? Uh, Our brain and cortex. And it was step by step discovery, discovery after discovery, when we understood oh, there are some more secrets in the links between the brain and the body. So, our teachers are people, survivors of different traumas and stress.
0: That's so beautiful. And there's so much wisdom in that that we have to unpack that I hope to unpack. And I think for all the listeners out there, first to acknowledge that most humans have some semblance of stress and where this is applicable is, is I've seen this, you know, you work with a lot with children who you may not even know where their stress comes from. It may just be the lack of the integration of these reflexes, which I'd like to jump into But Obviously, many adults have trauma as well. And I think a great place to start, uh, Dr. Uh, Masugova, will be um, you, you mentioned like the trauma response. You said like when people are experiencing trauma, there's this, this internal response. And I'd love to unpack that because I think my audience has, has a good understanding of how the body works. And I'd like to have you just maybe give us an indication of maybe what that actually looks like at a psychological and physiological level as far as when the body's experiencing response, what kind of uh, reaction is it
1: having? Mm-hmm. So uh, here we um, will touch like several terms based on your question. Stress. What is a stress? So stress, this is non-specific response of our body brain system to some stimulus that is whether too intense, whether it is affecting our body too long or frequently, and it is over the level that is, so to say, crossing the norm, the normal uh, stimuli effect, uh, which means many times it is uh, a stimulus that brings to overexcitation of the of our nervous system. Our sympathetic system brings thousands of stimuli just to understand what is the possible danger for our uh, body mind system? and here the work starts now if this stimulus is really uh, much stronger than the uh I would say average level of stress uh, means, then it goes to the in the direction of a trauma, so trauma this means a stress level of stress when we stop governing it by our cortical functions so now our survival process is so intense that it is just like overwhelming our body and we cannot now regulate our excitation this means on uh, sorry for going deeper this means that our gaba neurotransmitter which is inhibitor in our reflex circuits, you solve the secret actually telling that this, uh, the secret of all our method is about reflex, how to link, link the body-mind system. So now we can imagine that this stressor is uh, uh, of the level of unbearable uh, stress. Unbearable means this is not encoded in many aspects and our um, brain in amygdala system, we call this amygdala system that is decoding the stress to find out if it is in our genetic code, can we protect ourselves easily or not? And when it is trauma, that means we have minimum of resources, or there is some stress that we do not have any resource, like explosion, for example. This is not typical for a human brain. We are human beings that Uh, genetically and epigenetically, this kind of uh, stimulus is not coded into our brain. And this is why processing of this uh, information is so hard. So stress uh, becomes unbearable. Now, uh, this is the uh, way how I say, uh, for a stress cause uh, trauma, anchored uh, state for trauma. And here usually three things are uh, connected. This is our, I mean, three things are becoming uh, hyperactivated. This is our body, body reaction. These are our emotions. We are emotional beings. We always have our attitude, our mind, our values. So our emotions are there because values are crossed over, so to say. And it is also some sensory anchor, sensory perception. With at moment of stress, my eyes were looking uh, let's say, uh, at the weights that when, if I'm a weightlifter, for example, or my eyes were looking at the, uh, let's say, um, green grass when I was running, or my eyes uh, were looking at the blue sky, blue color, blue sky, when I fallen down, tripped and fallen down while I was jumping or uh, performing any kind of uh, physical activity. Or I just was seeing one person in the uh, hall Uh, when I was going with bodybuilding and showing demonstration of all that. And my muscles just had frozen in some posture and it was very difficult uh, for a person. So when three factors come together, they organize this anchor. We call this splinter, an emotional splinter, wood in your body. And we need to work now with this uh, trauma. And this is about trauma. So now talking about stress, Stress can be positive, you stress, stress can be negative. Usually uh, in everyday life, when we use the word stress, we mean actually that it is a negative stress. It is not positive thing yet. So when we're happy, we're excited and it is stress for body. Or when we're swimming, we think that we are enjoying, but because of need for active movements, it is some stress. Stress is needed. Stress is important in our life because it is increasing our stress hormones for us to be active. Question is, what is the measure and how much of that we want, so to say? So person with post-traumatic stress, they are with, full of stress hormones and they do not know how to use the stress hormones and their body is releasing the stress hormones more than needed. Now, too much of this material, stress hormones, actually can hurt our extra pyramidal nervous system. This is the part of the nervous system that is responsible for automaticity, all automaticity in our body. This is our heart rate and our circulation. This is our breathing. Uh, this is our lymphatic system work, drainage. These are uh, our, uh, let's say, uh, also the muscle um, contraction, relaxation, our muscle tone regulation, by other words. So, All this, just like about uh, at the end, what to do with state of stress, not to push it in the direction of trauma or how how to come out of the trauma to solve solving the situations, uh, I would say, on true level, true practical level to pull this uh, splinter, as I told, from our mind. And we have ways for this. So So about trauma.
0: Yeah. So, question then, kind of twofold, is that the same as dysautonomia? And the other question is that it kind of i think it'll go down a longer path is how do I identify the splinter? So, you know, how do some people are living with trauma they don't even know is there? And so, how do we identify, you know, maybe what the trigger is or, um, yeah, like how it expresses? I'm curious if you have a process on, on how that, or do you usually just can you see it in somebody's body as soon as you see them because you've done it for so long?
1: So easiest answer for this, um, from point of view a person that is uh, dealing a lot with post trauma, uh, the easiest response is: uh, Is it easy for you, from excited level to, gum- to come to inhibition, to come down? By other words, are you come down easily? What are your tools? Can you really govern this process? This is like uh, first important thing. And at the same time, when we talk about post trauma effect. This is not an easy thing. Uh, Like only 60% of people that get trauma, they are aware that they have post-trauma effect. Can you imagine? 60% of people do not know. And similar kind of statistics, men, 60% of men never will tell even if they have PTS (laughs) post-traumatic experience. And especially when we talk about combats, for example, or athletes, Athletes will not tell about their post-trauma, as you understand. Now, when you ask about real recognition of that, for sure, there are tests. We have amazing tests on our website, which is called Stress Resilience Level. So you can go, you answer the questions, and you immediately generate the answer. You have this in your hands. So this is more, I would say, metric expression. How much you are resilient against of stress. When we talk about deeper work, when you say how to take away the splinters, this is basically a specialist work. And our professionals are actually um, oriented. uh, I mean, they are educated how to work. I will give you some example. For example, let me take, uh, we have our athletes, our professionals that work with reflex integration tool that we didn't give a definition at this moment yet. (laughs) They are athletes. Uh, Is this okay for me just to bring some of examples, names?
0: That's, yeah, perfect.
1: Our um, amazing specialist that works in NICU with newborns and saving their lives. And she, at the same time, works uh, with adult population in her private practice, Isabella Renat Fontaine. She's a triathlon specialist. And her husband actually also triathlon specialist in Florida. And they are winning the medals and so on. So then Lee Light, Dr. Lee Light and uh, doctor of physiotherapy, uh, Daniel Light, uh, her son. Uh, they are bodybuilders. They sent their pictures, amazing pictures. Uh, then um, let's say uh, Andreas, he is a Swedish uh, champion of the motorcycle, um, mo- mm-hmm. motorcycle sports. Let me tell about him. Uh, I hope that he will forgive me at least uh, in the past, he gave us permission to talk about him. So uh, we start the work with him and his shoulder, 12 centimeters, it's a lot, is higher wow. than the other. Yeah. One shoulder is just higher. And he's very proud of himself. Just like, this helps me with my sudden circles and so on. And he's really uh, a very brave man and dynamic, very uh, open person, hot uh, felt person and so on. And, uh, I'm asking, uh, still Andres, you want healthy life, bigger life in your, in your career and so on. He says, sure, absolutely. And they say symmetry is very much important because any asymmetry means stress loss of symmetry. This is one of checks that your people want to do loss of symmetry in the body means actually that we're losing now symmetry, approximate symmetry, over the visual field of right and left eyes, or auditory field of one side and other side. So this is huge. And then if a symmetric body brings uh, stimulus to the brain, brain processes this situation as a limited situation, as the need to protect the body, and survival mechanisms are switching on. Do you want to work with your body that is in stress now on survival and you give add something more? No, absolutely not. So I'm explaining him all this matter. And I say, let's make your shoulders symmetrical. We have reflexes for that. You need to work with uh, gallant reflex pattern, with trunk extension, and also with the asymmetric tonic neck reflex pattern. If you will be interested, I will explain. And we start talking and we start talking. And next, what is so interesting? We are coming to the need to work with reflexes in child perspective. I say some things here are coming from child perspective. And next, I am asking, uh, tell me please when you think about your uh, home, about your uh, age, what age comes to you very fast? No, don't think. And he says, this is for your old age. Okay, let's think uh, where do you, where you were living. What your was what was your home? Uh, what was the environment? Did you have other siblings? Uh, what were the relations with parents? And so on. Discussion trauma, very big trauma when uh, growing. Next, at twelve year old age, boy makes decision: I am going to be very different. I cannot talk. I will. I, I cannot tell about trauma, as you understand. Yeah, this is another topic, and, and it is really major trauma with tears and. This is when he makes decision. I will be leader of myself in life. I will do all my best to overjump my own head. And he does do excellently. So we are talking other things and suddenly shoulders, boom, comes to normal state. And he just Mm -hmm. looks at, at himself. He says, oh, my goodness. Last maybe 12 years, seven years, I was proud that my shoulder was higher. And he asks, how am I going to work with my this body now? And I say, you will be winner even more times now. Mm-hmm. Just come down. Take this as a gift. Let's set the goal. I'm flexible, and my body is much more flexible instead of being tight. And then it is coming. Oh, these muscles are too tense. They are uh, really uh, very hard for me with this tension. Sometimes I'm awakening by nights and so on. We are doing this work with muscular system. There, the situation was like, oh, your eyes were looking at dark blue. This was night situation. Oh, your body was feeling really in completely contracted state because of fear. And your emotions were, uh, uh, am I going to live or am I going to die? So we're going and talk about all these things. And next talking about the situation. We switch on the imagination, uh, the um, internal, we call this internal representative system. Now, to change the situation, we say, we do not know what is strong in our life, real trauma that had happened, or new history that we're going to create. Brain has two choices now, normalcy or dysfunction and pathology the situation that is not normal, as we understand. And then we are giving this chance, and then we are assuring the brain that this is the situation that means normalcy. Brain will choose this normalcy, and it will be seen. If not, then possible you need to work two, two, three times. So in this situation, uh, we are talking to a person like you today, uh, let's say, Uh, Andreas, you go to your young age and you now give the gift to yourself, talk, do everything to help yourself in your history. And then maybe at 12-year-old age, and then maybe at 40-year-old age, or uh, let's say it was 32-year-old age. So this is how we are leading and person himself goes into history, changes the situation till really... True release is happening, and after true two, two release, it's just like splinter is taken away, killed. I uh, I can breathe now, thinking about my trauma. I'm easy, I can breathe. So, this is kind of in very short <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: so that's really interesting. So, I, w- I work with a gentleman who does what's called regression hypnosis, and it sounds like a similar thing. It's just like asking yourself, it's like rewriting your story, right? Putting yourself in the hypnagogic state, which it doesn't sound like you do but then just like giving yourself permission to let your younger self know that you're okay. And that's enough to change embedded traumas. So it sounds like, or is it integrating that with the reflex um, treatments that you're, that you're suggesting? Cause you said the, the uh, expen- extensors reflex, the, I forget the other two.
1: So this is about this. So we have chosen the way that uh, must, so to say, to organize the talk to our um, extrapermidal nervous system, not brain. We are not just talking and releasing the cortex and thinking and tension uh, in thoughts. We want to do this for body. So this is why we do reflex repatterning or reflex modulation. We call this neuromodulation. What does it mean? We discovered like in a catastrophic condition working with people that when we do different techniques with them, uh, motor techniques, sensory motor techniques, they are responding faster, better to those exercises that contain, reminds them, resembles them, reflects patterns. Like if, for example, hands grasp, I'm touching the upper part of the palm and the first level of phalanges, and I say, squeeze, please. And person is squeezing, then I'm requesting person, now please extend your elbow and I'm pulling your hand forward and person does do this. And at the moment I'm pulling one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I request them also to exhale. And when I come to one, two, three, four, five, and six, seven, I do just kind of turn uh, in order to strengthen the flexors of the palms, of palm, both hands or uh, individually. Uh, this is the moment when we're triggering the brain. Brain is awakening its pattern. This pattern is given for an infant from uh, 12 weeks of gestation, even 10 weeks of gestation. Can you imagine hands grasp? It's amazing that uh, watching the 3D ultrasound scanning uh, movies, videos that we have, we are seeing how they are going with hands grasp. They go with clapping the hands. It's amazing world there uh, during uter time development. And now baby is born. And when they are born, uh, suddenly this Pattern which is, look, extending over the elbow, all uh, segments on the same plane, axis plane, and now hand, what we call, is in hand grasp number two, which is closing from the middle of the palm, fingers are flexed, and thumb is on the top, on the uh, index and uh, uh, the middle finger. So this is very much important. Uh, baby that is born loses this. And they have this during your time development. Baby is born and they bring the thumb in. And this is the already signal. This is the pattern, meaning showing that baby is in stress. Newborn, first seven days to 10 days, has this pattern. They are keeping their thumbs in because they are now working with high level of adrenaline cortisol that was overwhelming the body for birth during coming through the canal. But now, how often do we do this? Person that is getting nervous, they go into this pattern. They count money, they seem money is lacking, they go into this pattern. They are cold, they go to warm up themselves into this pattern, which means it is a regulator with a high level of stress hormones, with a lower stress hormones. So this is very much important. And now look, hands grasp reflex pattern. We want to talk to the brain, nonverbal way. We are keeping silence. We just are doing the exercises and specific techniques in order to get the brain. And if I feel that body now reacts, squeeze, strong, 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 and the At the end of the exercise, I'm doing this uh, like curling, (laughs) rotating my fingers in the palm of a person. Suddenly strength even is bigger. Now I know brain responded, this is good. So these are kind of techniques that resemble reflex patterns. And this is our hope that from sensory beginning, this is a receptive field, the upper part, distal part of the uh, base of the palm and first level of phalanges, phalanges, this is receptive field for hands grasp, phase number two. But if person is there, I mean, goes with the thumb in like uh, at early uh, time of birth, then this is primitive reflux. And if our child goes over one month and a half, this means now, possible pathology of the nerve system functioning. At the university where we're teaching, we explain our students. If you see this, this is your responsibility immediately to refer person to a doctor, to neurologist. So this is one thing. Now, if in norm we are going to phase number two and we're developing, we are developing this in dynamic. It's not just like the whole time will be like this. At four months, we go to hanging grass. And we sometimes we show, Ben, let's do this with you. Please, hands in front of me. Go, repeat what I do. Repeat what I do.
2: Thumb is in. Thank you. Out.
1: Apart. The thumb is going to the side. And other fingers are grasping. Now do circles. Other side. Now do this. This is the time of four months when emotional brain is active, so if person is like there, uh, the fingers cannot come together and depart. It's more like scratching. We know already ha ha emotionally. person is not doing easily. This is the check for athletes, by the way. okay, then we do index finger, then we do pincer gripping so. And if athlete or any other person does do it this way, how I uh, show the other three things are flexed, all is okay when we talk about reflex. But if they will do this, then we know, oh, this person went to cortex level, and this person is not uh, extra permittal in system. While I'm demonstrating, this person learn for hands, grasp, and manual skills based on cortex functions, but not natural uh, mechanisms and processes. Does it make sense? Then oh, it this- makes sense, yeah. And look, three fingers, which is, which is tripod gripping, two fingers are flexed, tripod gripping. Now, if person cannot do this, athlete, we know uh, he doesn't like to write down. This person is not the best with fine mode coordination. So you were norm, bravo, except the timing for first phase. Time was a little slow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some delay was there, and we can improve these results. Why I'm talking about this. Look now. What is our discovery, for example, just about this one reflex pattern, when we were using BTS EMG machine with my son, Dennis, we were putting 84 electrodes on different muscles, 84 electrodes. And then we were looking what is happening with many, many parameters of the muscle functions. We found one thing that hands grasp. Hands grasp is not just for manual skills, how we were stating the whole time. Child develops hands grasp, manual skills will develop in norm. Now we came to understanding that hands grasp affects muscle tone regulation. Can you imagine we are working with hands and we're affecting our vestibular system? Because if the vestibular system is not participating, then we cannot talk about muscle tone regulation. And it was discovery, no. What we do ourselves when we're walking fast? Let us let say me. Uh, I'm in mature age already, and I do not run every time. Yeah. So when I'm walking, I'm going with hands grasp sequentially. One hands grasp, other inhale, exhale, and I'm walking. And I know at this moment I'm tensing my muscles well enough for brain to think that I was running.
2: That's really
0: interesting. <laughs>
1: It is very interesting. Now, I'm not there, but I want to tell you one thing. This is not just like muscles that we are working with. These are brain-muscle connection. And reflex pattern is given epigenetically, genetically uh, to our brain. These are the patterns that we have. And what is such a shame? Uh, Sechenov, 1860-63, Brings the publication reflexes of the brain, and up to today, day we didn't study or well enough the patterns of the brain that are reflexes. This is where we are really putting our, all our effort, research to understand people, for people, if trauma, stress, or just further development, optimum to optimum way being athlete not to finish your career, like, let's say at uh, 30, 34, or uh, a bit older age. We want people to go easily further with their lifeline uh, development. And now look, uh, I want to bring you example with hands, gra- uh, with hands grasp. Okay. So when I will tell, because I have know your body. So, but you can try this. Please put your other hand on the uh, stretched arm. So this arm, you are checking strength only. Now press down, and this arm doesn't want to um, go down. It is resisting. It keeps the same line. Press, please, strong enough. Okay, feel this, feel, feel, feel. Be honest and strong. Now with the same hand arm, go for hands grasp. Hands grasp, and now press. Is this very different? It is much stronger when you are in with hands grasp. Yeah. I need to be there (laughs) in order for you really to feel. But this on that way, what's so interesting, when you are pushing on the same arm, you can say, yeah, you put into the circuit, hands grasp. It is clear that you are strengthening your uh, flexors here. You can be stronger. But and when you bring both hands, arms, one arm is open, the other is closed, and you're pressing on open arm. You are still strong, which means it doesn't matter. Every mu- every muscle in your body when you go for hands grasp is going with uh, greater muscle tone regulation. Oh, I mean interesting. yes, this is I'm selling the secret at this moment, truly saying that <laughs> this is We're how not. athletes, this is how athletes runners, for example, can win their competition, just knowing the loss that from time to time at least make your body lighter. Your body becomes lighter when you are running with, letting, uh, with hands grasp and letting go, hands grasp and letting go. So oh, doing this-
0: so it's almost like a pumping motion then. So when I'm running, it's like I'm trying to uh, – yeah, you know, I think, I, think I watch Olympic athletes do that because when they're here, they're open. When they're here, they're closed.
1: Automatically, That's- they can do. Open mouth and they can go, but not knowing this actually. But when it mm-hmm. is knowledge, it is very different. So this is how we were working with skiers, with volleyball players from time to time. Even you go for fencing and we have, I'm talking about athletes of international Mm -hmm. level that we were working at with weightlifting sports. Uh, Dr. Elvin Akmato, for example, my nephew, he also is in our system and he's master of sports in uh, weightlifting. So these are the exercises that you can use in order not to destroy your own strength of the muscles and nerve system, for nerve system to uh, to be in progress uh, in normalcy, I would say. So so Dr. Mas-
0: yeah, Dr. Mustafa. I'm curious if we could just define a reflex, because I think that would be an important kind of jumping off point for people to understand.
1: A reflex is automatic response of our nerve system for specific stimulus. So um, this is the stimulus that can be of different modalities. This can be touch for tactile system. It can be uh, deeper sensation, proper perception, our um, tendons and ligaments, for example. It can be also the modality that we call auditory, visual, uh, vestibular. Uh, These are main modalities. So sensory of different modalities affecting our uh, body in specific places causes the response. And response must be proper. If I'm touching, look, the receptive field over the hands grasp, the upper part of the pump and the uh, phalanges level, uh, hands grasp must happen. But if I'm pushing on the uh, the proximate base of the pump, then hand supporting must be there. Very much important when you're falling down, you need to catch up your body. But this also serves for you to feel safe in your physical space. Uh, Or for example, uh, let's say if I'm giving trigger to auditory system, then we can see in the pupils, if pupils are bigger, that means your reflex, that we call stapedial auditory, still is hypersensitive, uh, childish, babish, and your pupils became immediately big. So we have our own checklist, so to say, the assessment procedure in order for people to know. And when athletes come, they're very much interested in assessment of their reflexes to see what reflexes are hypersensitive, Water reflexes are working well, and then they have like to take care of that. The funniest thing, like, like cross-flexion extension, when you step on stone, you immediately, uh, in real life, immediately jump over to other leg, uh, pulling the body weight to other leg. So this, uh, this is how you are saving your leg. It is mostly uh, overworked in runners. And we think, oh, runners, for sure, they are perfect with their automatic gait, with their electrostlection extension, but with years and career, they are not taking care of all this. They are worse and worse with their reflexes. So reflexes not working. That means then natural automatic response of muscles for uh, contraction, for lengthening, will not work. So their mechanism that was discovered by uh, Charles uh, um, Charles Sherrington, Great Britain, Uh, at the beginning of century. uh, The law of elasticity, muscle spindle elasticity just is (laughs) refusing to work. This is why when we are overloading, possibly uh, some people like think they're good, strong, breaking of the tissues happen, whether that are uh, tendons uh, cut, uh, tired, tired, whether it is the break- breaking of the bones is happening. With one person, it happens under the same condition. With the other not, we find that actually service of reflexes is not strong. So reflux is also created for taking care of stress. Look, it is the response of our uh, nerve system. And extra pyramidal in first order, everything that is for automaticity. Then we understood from definition that sensory stimulus and motor response must be connected. Proper motor response must happen for air reflexes. If it is ears, for example, then tympanic membrane. Uh, if it is touch, then muscles. Uh, if this is light, then our eyes. Plus, reflex is active in order to activate survival and protection in stress. This is most important. Three uh, components when we give definition for airflux. What does it mean? The last one stress, uh, organization of stress resilience. We have so called HPA stress axis. HPA stress axis, this is non specific response when stress, I told already about what are the factors for stress. This is intensity of stimulus, this is the length too long. Uh, Prolonged and also frequency. So uh, the stress now, thanks to these factors, in parentheses, thanks based on these factors, uh, is creating uh, the work, uh, pushes on the work of three groups of neurons hypothalamus, pituitary gland. Hypothalamus is internal alarm. It starts immediately shouting when we are in stress. Now brings information to pituitary gland saying, I'm going to release stress hormones. You must be ready and release anti-stress hormones when you feel the hormones of stress are overwhelming. And sends the information to a third group of neurons, which is adrenals. So now three centers in the body are active and they regulate stress, stress hormones. So HPA stress axis, H. Hypothalamus, PP, gland, A, adrenals, they are regulating stress level. Now, stress hormones uh, reach every cell in our body, including muscles. Now, muscles must really respond immediately because you are talking about muscular intelligence. (laughs) And it is very much important for us to know what is the intelligence of all that. That means now regulation of the uh, contraction uh lengthening depends on elasticity. And here reciprocal innervation, reciprocal activation will happen uh, in between the brain and muscle fibers uh, and reciprocal inhibition. And when your body is not listening to the weight, it is too big. It is too big. It is not according to my training. And then you are breaking yourself. So you go into the direction of breaking and next disease. And it is very much important that the brain will understand the moment of training that I have this capability, my motivation, my stress hormones end into that. I can do some more, some more. Elasticity allows. Elasticity mechanism. But if elasticity mechanism from uh, usual training goes further on, further on, still it is in the range of the uh, positive protection you can do you will win. But a bit more, you will fail. I mean, your muscular system just won't fail. Now the question is, do we want to know about this? Uh, oh, I yeah. want to know
0: everything about this. That's so interesting. Yeah. So,
1: invite us. We will tell you. It's just like, what is contracted muscle? What is the muscle length in normal state? And now, uh, what is the muscle in the, when you are prolonging it, forced elongation? But then you need to know there is uh, area that we call guard response. And this guard response is muscular guard, tenderness guard, ligament guard. And this is how we come so attentive way when we're creating our exercises and we work with children, with many children at this moment. Uh, 300,000 of children went through our therapists within four centers in the world and uh, 80,000 of adults and athletes among them. Post the PTSD post trauma conferences, we uh, organize conferences, they come and they learn. So now look within this even understanding of elasticity mechanism. Now elasticity mechanism allows from forced lengthened muscle to come to positive protection. Still we are in the area of positive protection, but when elasticity mechanism gets the information that is in the, the end, the end. If a person is not listening to, damage of the body will happen. Uh, Damage of the tissue will happen. So we need to know what is reciprocal innervation, what is reciprocal inhibition. Brain must tell now immediately, hey, neurotransmitters, now please, acetylcholine neurotransmitters in contracted muscle, you are working for activation. Now you need to change the mode and we will send you opposite thing, acetylcholine of inhibitory meaning in order to keep you safe. And at that moment, elasticity mechanism uh, is there, brings the information for muscle, whether to lengthen or whether to lengthen, uh, whether or not we want it to lengthen a bit, otherwise trauma will happen. Better to fall for overload to fall down than to traumatize your own body. So these are tiny kind of reflexes of tendons of the uh, spindle cell that go to bigger reflexes such as core tendon guard, when we are protecting our own core and trunk, I mean the uh, spinal column, for example, and the same with upper limb reflexes and lower limb reflex patterns.
0: It sounds like this is something that probably most athletes experience in your in your um, experience. Is this something that most athletes have? And and then maybe how do how do we? You said runners have you know, an overtrained reflex. What would we start doing to reverse that?
1: Yeah. Uh, Ben, this is a kind of thing (laughs) Uh, all our life, helping athletes, individual, individuals. Still, we couldn't reach bigger groups of athletes, trainers, uh, the sports. Uh, They are just like dealing with bigger things, as you understand. And at the same time, who is going to take care of the nerve system and immune system in a natural way? Because sports must serve your health also not only using your body. Second, it is about stress resilience. How to make stress resilient, not your mind, not your, uh, I would say, emotions or motivation. We want to make resilient. uh, We want to make your nerve system also resilient. Nerve system must be resilient by itself. And we do not have this kind of concept in the world in practical application yet. What do I mean? Look, what a resilient nerve system means. When reflex is maturing, so the paving of the pathways happen. So inside, inside proteins now within the reflex circuit know how to act, how to provide the electrical potential within the reflex circuit. Now, resilience also means myelination when the fat Uh, surrounding around the axons happen to isolate the axons for faster and proper work of electrical potential. This is from electrophysiology of the reflex circuits. Now, thinking about that, how we can work for paving the pathway, this is our memory. And repetition is the myelination. So that means, hey, being an adult, that doesn't mean that I must ignore reflex topic because it is like definition for a child behavior. Absolutely not. The more we work with reflex patterns, the healthier we are. Because now we are taking care of the nerve system and it is health of the nerve system, and it is connected straight ahead with immunity. Then it is stress resilience, and the better, the best thing is. Third factor for this and basis is neuroplasticity. Do we want neuroplasticity when brain is changing itself? Absolutely, yes. When brain is creating new pathways, and this is what we want, then we're stepping in into the area of neurogenesis. Our even stem cells will be produced better, more, especially a trauma situation for an athlete.
0: So, Dr. about how do we know... Um you know the term stress resilience is is a kind of a speculative one we'll say right how does an athlete know when enough is enough i think you know there there's these these people out there who are really trying to push their system they're really trying to push their body and mentally we learn to turn that off we learn to begin to, to turn off those physiological signals and i'm curious if there's some way like is it just that we're looking for the breakdown of the the reflex or like you know ultimately we're trying to create a Uh, an objective measure out of a subjective stimulus, right? So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on, on, you know, when does this this, um, reflex integration start to break down? And is there such a thing as, you know, stress inoculation? Like I'm actually making myself better at performing this thing over time.
1: So as I told already, uh, stress is a needed thing because stress gives us strength. We need stress hormones. This is clear. The question is when stress uh, stress hormones are working too much, uh, what is happening here? Not answering your question immediately, I will just bring example. In norm, the excitation, excitatory neurotransmitters, such as glutamate, substance P, other, and then uh, inhibitory neurotransmitters, GABA, or dopamine inhibitory, they must really go with balance. When we are performing, then it is clear that excitatory signals must be stronger than inhibitory ones. So to be aware of this process, just like on level of knowledge is important. Many athletes do not know about this. Many of them that we are working. So now what are the signs of this? So your breathing is sign number one. Your breathing is sign number one. So when you stop breathing, our breathing uh, has three reflexes. Basically, there are many more, but I'm talking now about main. This is uh, inhalation, exhalation as one cycle: inhalation, exhalation. In which normal way, like we are inhaling during five seconds, we pause two seconds, and then we exhale seven seconds. This is like normal tempo of uh, breathing. So we want this breathing, but when stress. Sure, we inhale and we pause. This is survival reflex. Or we exhale and we pause. So for sports, we need to watch. What do I do more? Inhale and pause or exhale and pause? When you are in, before action, you need to inhale and pause to perform. And at the end, you need to exhale and pause. So sometimes it is mixture. And these people in breathing, instead of usual breathing, they start sounding, they're breathing even "Uh, uh," something like this kind of, uh, with shouting even comes, yeah? Like maybe this is not so noticeable, but person always will feel when they are exhaling, if the rib cage goes down, if rib cage is not going down and hangs, it is compressed, not good. Residual volume of the lungs, not enough already. This is additional factor that is hitting the uh, hypothalamus and you need to breathe <laughs> much more often, yeah? So rapid breathing uh, is there. There are some kind of science in every human, actually, about this. The other thing is that we look if core guard is working uh, appropriately. So uh, like even simple things, you are bringing the arms and you suddenly pull them And then you compare left and right sides. Oops, left side is not symmetrical. Without mind to do this automatic way, just to feel uh, that you really do honestly on body level, (laughs) switching off your mind, your uh, critical mind. And this is another sign. Hey, you lost your body symmetry. Up to one centimeter, up to one centimeter look like nail length is okay. But if it is more, it is not okay already. So you are losing your symmetry. You are pushing you too much, do some exercises. What other exercises? We have uh, anti-stress exercises. This is tonic labyrinthine. Then 18, you go to one side and you stretch your arm on the side. So we can come and give you this program. We can create program for you. We have already described exercises. We just scan one after another. Suggest, depending on sports, it is like overall warming up. Warming up is exclusively important. And then your direction in sports. So it is a possibility, I mean, if we go for uh, cooperation. So next, next, co tendon guard is the response. Can you stand up? I don't know if environment is uh, allowing you to stand up and to see uh, your Head at least. Okay. Thank you very much. Stand straight ahead. And now please standing straight ahead. Lean forward. Now, maybe you feel that your feet went for foot grasp. Do you agree? Stay there. Stay there. Do you feel that feet are going for foot grasp when you go forward? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, your trunk is uh, much more tense now. All back muscles became tense. Yep. And also your head wants to go back. So, three reflexes, head writing activated, your trunk extension, and also your foot grasp reflex button. Now, standing straight ahead, go back. Don't fall down, okay? <laughs> Be careful. Now, look, your feet went with dorsiflexion in head direction. Do you agree? Yeah. Yep. And your head wants to go forward. And now your belly became active. All your frontal surface uh, body uh, went to, with contraction more. So look completely opposite responses. So now with these responses, you really need to measure. Please, I will give you something or another. You are standing straight ahead, go forward, please. And instead of uh uh-huh, and instead of using foot grasp, go to dorsiflexion of your feet. Opposite. You cannot, you feel. So uh,
2: my knee's this, is, mm-hmm.
1: this is what is happening. Now go please back. Go back, backwards. And now, instead of dorsiflexion, try to grasp the earth, the ground. Oh, you see, you went with back even much higher. Yeah, so, higher. determining just how much you really in, under this changed condition can cope with your body posture. If body posture stills, is still even going forward or back already tells you, are you under bigger stress or not? This is for determining like everyday stress. You just stay and that's it. One thing more. Stand straight ahead. One thing more. And please go forward and back slowly. And pay attention at your vision. What is happening with your vision? When you go forward. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You are narrowing the visual field when you go reflection and you are extending it when you go back that means right. there's functional aspect in this reflex so hmm. for tennis players big tennis players this is huge because if they are in stress and they are more with more contracted frontal body and your, their eyes are not separate they cannot function separately and they do not keep bigger visual field they they will fail like i was working for example with the lorenza highland thank you we, uh, we can sit here uh, I was working with Lorenzo Highland, this is big, big tennis player, uh, many years ago from the United States. And he came specially to me and to a person that was working with detective vision to keep the vision very fast in two visual fields. Right eye does its work, uh, left does separately its own work. It was amazing. And I was working with him. For him, it was a huge topic. Suddenly we discovered, oops, you have narrow vision. You need to extend it in order to win, in order to see any millisecond of the movement of the uh, ball. So this is about this, how we can uh, determine some of the uh, features of being stressed. The easiest for sure also to measure, just to go <laughs> to, doc- to doctor and measure stress uh, hormones level, which is big deal and in our work, in research, we do research from the beginning of development of our method, um, research of uh, different different aspects. And last year, uh, from um, 2016, actually, we are using neurotransmitters. In panel 15 neurotransmitters in 12 groups, and we are watching what is happening with post-traumatic disorder individuals or post-traumatic stress, or children with uh, autism, or children with, um, let's say, cerebral palsy, or adults with brain damage, acute or traumatic brain damage. And we see how the neurotransmitters, uh, the baseline, and then after our work, after our intense program of six hours of work, let's say five days, including athletes, how neurotransmitters are changing at the end. It is something amazing. We went to a very expensive, very expensive research in the United States for two years. It, it was longitudinal research. And we have found uh, within these 15 neurotransmitters that we are not increasing, we are not sedating, but we are working on the regulation of neurotransmitters. This was happiest announcement from scientists when we did, when we did this research, because we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what is there that our uh, method does do, and when it came, yes, this is regulation of neurotransmitters, and it was not once we did this during two years, several times, and then we compared with the QEG, it is um, the uh, quantitative uh, electroencephalogram of the brain. we saw that we are regulating brainwave spectrum from alpha to uh, theta, this is low frequency brain waves, to Delta, even lower for sleeping, for example, and seeing why some people cannot sleep. Yeah, what is happening there? But this was not our main topic. I just talk about brains, uh, brain waves. Or from alpha to beta, normal beta and high beta. Normal beta allows us to focus, to, uh, to be in control, in charge of our own body, our thoughts and actions and cognition. And high beta is, if we are jumping over the uh, beta fast frequency brain waves to high beta, we're hyperactive. How many athletes in front uh, before uh, their uh, performance, uh, before their competition, are in hyperactive state? They are right. in high Probably
0: beta. a
1: lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, and maybe
0: amateur athletes, pro athletes, and tend to, by that point, they're in control of it, I think.
1: And then, and this is okay. It is normal. But, and after all this work, we need to come to normal, to norm. I mean, normalization. This is the question what to do in order really to optimize to regulate this process in active state or when you are uh, pausing, when you are in rest state. This is all about that instead of damaging your own system.
0: Right. So, Dr. Masugova. Um- what, what's the average amount of time someone should be spending on a day to day basis to integrate the reflexes? Let's say I really want to optimize the way my body works, decrease my stress. You know, and the thing that's coming to mind for me is the term structural balance. Like it's looking like we're trying to balance left to right, front to back, um, you know, side to side. So yeah, how much time on average do your programs take on a day to day basis?
1: Uh, it, it will depend on your possibilities for sure. Time possibilities are very much important for everyone. From 10 minutes to 20 minutes for an athlete are optimum. When we talk about deeper stress and trauma, it will take from 20 to 40 minutes, optimum. When it is really bad disease state already, then better come to us and we will um, tell about this. The best way still is to come to our professional, to go through uh, the reflex assessment. In points, we will tell. Hands grasp, for example, 14 points instead of, uh, let's say, from 16 to 17, point 99. In points, we will give you information uh, about your reflexes. And then we are creating your home program. This is the best. If it is about directions, let's say, for weightlifters, we will give specific exercises for runners their exercises for, let's say, um, skiers or volleyball players or uh, fencing uh, sports, we will give specific exercises. So we, uh, we have enough of experience within uh, work uh, with PTSD post-trauma uh, athletes, some of them like skiers in the Alp Mountains, broken all apart. We <laughs> work after medical services. We were gathering them into center, bringing into uh, normal state, and they were going through their crisis from de- through depression because they couldn't be the best skiers of the world or Europe, for example, uh, if it is about here. So we were working on their stress, and some of them became trainers. Some of them opened their post. They uh, uh, their podcasts, for example. They open their own business of TV show when they're bringing the athletes and at the same time uh, giving announcement about uh, interesting events and weather or something like this.
0: It sounds like your modality should almost be the first line of intervention for athletes, whether that be recovering from an injury or if they're getting prepared to go into to do a high-performance workout. Does that sound like about where it fits, like even before people do their warm-ups and get into their high-intensity training, doing some, um, some reflex integration, neurosensory reflex integration uh, with using your methods? I think that's where it fits.
1: Uh, ben, your question was the answer, actually. <laughs> So, you told, not me, after our communication, you told it is first line, it is first step to serve your best. This is our opinion because uh, we are born with reflexes. It would be good to check this material first how our brain body produces uh, all these reflex patterns hands grasp, hands pulling, asymmetric tonic neck reflex for health of the spine or galant reflex pattern when we go side to side or perez reflex pattern or moron when we're frightened and we're falling down or oh, fear paralysis when we're frightened. Uh, frightened. So this is the stuff that to, to 21th century really has right to be known, period. Yeah. So this is why uh, we can come to your uh, group and just like to present the topic because you are like first one that is better more interested how i see with the nature uh of the uh, body intelligence muscle even muscle yeah, intelligence.
0: yeah. and I, I think it's like everyone's spending so much time trying to improve their movements to try to improve their mobility okay. But it sounds like they're kind of fighting an uphill battle right it's like we got to do this first before we can do those things
1: Okay, I will tell you one thing, like what uh, research we did for our internal research, for sure, with BTS machine, uh, EMG machine. So we ask athlete to go with leaning forward till the equipment will show that their muscles now are going with the vibration, which is optimum for these muscles. You understand me? Like reach the floor, lean and reach the floor, how many times you need. Optimum for this is 23 repetitions. Hmm. And we say, so just now, shifting
0: weight forward and back from the toes to the heels, toes to the back, heels. Well, I'm saying, back
1: and forth, back and uh, I mean, this kind of exercise when you're leaning forward and try to reach the. Oh,
2: ah, okay. Yeah, okay. 20, Got it. It's like touching 30, your toes. Yep. This
1: is what they use for warm up in many, many sports. Yeah. Yep. So yep. that's what we were requesting. We were requesting them turn your head for asymmetric tonic neck. Bring your one arm, the same side arm, extend. Now bring your body weight on the same side leg, flex your opposite uh, arm and flex your opposite leg, leg. And now inhale and pull your body to the side. Does it make sense? Then in yeah, the it middle, like yoga. then I say head to other side, extend your hand, stretch it more, and the other side is flexed. Hmm. Exhale. Exhale is of huge importance. Every movement, we exhale, which is not in traditional system, by the way. And people just like, athletes come and they like, well, your breathing is reversed. No, our breathing, exhale, inhale is according to protection and survival mechanisms. So now, this exercise, they need to do three repetitions only.
2: Hmm.
1: And their muscles, when they lean, show what they did within 23 times. Wow. This is fun. <laughs> 23. is yeah, great. Three exercise like you are dancing and doing nothing. Actually, you do a lot. You activate the asymmetric tonic reflex pattern, which is about activation of the, um, our vestibular system. Vestibular nerve brings information, tones muscles of all the body, and we have the effect. Why not to do this for warming up? Just three times, three times. Then you do exercises that are mm-hmm. touring your muscles. You do not want to torn your muscles.
0: Right. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that got me interested in this, in your modality specifically first, was I have young children. Now they're 8 and 10. And as, as a parent, I was so concerned, well, not concerned, but aware of the, this reality that they could have disintegrated, if that's the correct word, uh, reflexes. And I wanted to give them the, every opportunity possible. I wanted them to be able to access their brain at maximum capacity, be able to access their body at maximum capacity. So I started researching what you're doing a little bit. It's just phenomenal. I think everyone who's a parent out there should be taking your course. I think anyone out there who's had any desire to optimize their body should be taking your courses. And, and you still continue to offer these around the world now, right?
1: Yes, we continue to okay. so work with children a lot. We have programs. And I think that uh, some research at school in Louisiana, for example, demonstrates that they are studying thanks to all these exercises much faster. Like teachers finish their curriculum within half a year, and they were just asking what to do now. yeah <laughs> say yeah. to live, to move more, and to strengthen the nerve system of children. Just like let's go with this kind of optimum thing. Children are learning with movements that are based on reflex patterns, not every movement, how we were doing research uh, on this also. But those movements that are reminding uh, the reflex patterns, they play the role of moving also our cortical functions. Look, I gave definition... That reflex is the automatic response in first order of the pyramidal nervous system, but it affects the cortex. Our research on QEG, which is uh, researching actual cortical areas of the brain, mm-hmm. shows that we have champions within five days, uh, champions for change of the brainwave spectrum in the direction of normalization. One goal, NFD, goal that was uh, drowned. Uh, non-fatal drowning with reverse breathing. It was bad breathing, (gasps) (sighs) something like that. And she's so loud Mm -hmm. that when I'm lecturing, people cannot hear me. You can imagine. So she got within five days, 80% of uh, brainwave changes, 80%, with 46% of neuroplasticity. The other champion is from Sweden, the boy that got, uh, I think, 60% of changes overall. And 40 someish there uh, for neuroplasticity. The other boy with dyslexia and also traumatic experience in his, in his life uh, from Florida. Uh, this is the uh, grandchild of dean and president of our university, Masgutova hmm. Graduate School, we call for neurodevelopmental sciences. He got uh, 70% of changes within five days. He never needed us anymore after these five days. He's right. He finished his school. He is so successful, and that means actually trauma is treatable. It is not true that you need to go with this heavy luggage all your life.
0: Right. One of my passions in life is to be able to start a school, and for, for obviously for really anyone, like like high, I, I call it high performance, but it's just like more than anything, it's it's allowing people to express the what is already in them from the, from from childhood, right. I think if we have something like this as part of a curriculum in school, it just gives children an opportunity to, one, develop physically, develop mentally, and just be the best version of themselves without having constant roadblocks. It feels like kids that sit so much or they spend time inside with artificial light or have poor nutrition, don't sleep well, all these things. If we just remove those roadblocks and allow the child to flourish the way it's meant to, I think it, I think the opportunity for human development is so much greater than it currently is. I mean, that could just be a a belief, but it seems like that has to be the reality. Mm-hmm. So I would love to have your, your curriculum as part of a school, or if you don't already do that, it'd be a really great idea.
1: Uh, dear Ben, uh, this is the biggest goal of ours. Universities created, we need to give attention because it's a very hard time with COVID. We need to survive. The moment we will get accredited, at this time, we opened only. We went through two semesters. Now the third semester is going on, one semester more. After that, we have right for accreditation in the United States, in Florida. After that, we will start thinking about school. But there are already several people that really want to propose school. We have this experience. We had experience in other countries, though. So we worked with children from three to six in kindergartens. From six to 10 at elementary school. Wonders where they are. Wonders. Now, in Poland, uh, there is a woman uh, in the uh, place region that is called Kashubi, uh, and she had her daughter with brain damage. She has her daughter with brain damage, and she was 16. When they brought her to us, Then brain was damaged by her epilepsy attacks so badly that it looked as um, cerebral palsy, brain damage, cerebral palsy. And her knees were close to her core, flexed, and nobody could open her. 16 years. So it's just like this stuck. And she told that this is not possible, but still she wants to know what uh, could be like easier uh, way for her to live, to uh, exist, what, How can we um, relax these contracted muscles? Everybody was thinking, if knees, are all these years are inflection, the tendons are short, you will not be able to stretch them. Our specialist opened her within six months. Though I was saying something can happen in two, three years, they opened in six months. Seeing this result, she made her decision. She's from education system. I am going to open this school for other children. And she gathered all children, like over 50 children for first um, uh, for, for, first year. Those children that got refusal for their physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech development, they just were on survival. That is it. So she gathered them. And she started getting best results. In like two years, I think, people were pushing so hard. Parents, she opened second school. And in these schools, four hours they do our sessions, two hours academics. Next, wow. she's opened third school, third school. Uh, when she opened second school, she got the highest award from president of the country. It's a pity that, that they didn't ask what was the method that they used. But our will. method is one of uh main methods. So wow. We That's are amazing. going to open school. We will open school as a model for others to follow. And I know that in Florida now already one of the uh, teachers directors and she is um, she has a PhD in education. She is going actually to she is I think she opened already her school and she's going now to collaborate with us just to bring the whole system to her school. Bravo.
0: Well, I'm going to send this to the owner of my children's school, and maybe, maybe we'll have another one in Florida. So, um, Dr. Maskutova uh, you're truly a wonderful, wonderful person, wonderful gift to humanity. So thank, thank you so much. This is amazing. And I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about where our audience could learn more from you, whether they want to learn for, as, a, for, as a practitioner or even a parent or an athlete, where they can go to find out the best way to work with you personally.
1: Mm, thank you very much, uh, then for warm words and for giving such a possibility to tell where they can go. Uh, our website, uh, www.mazgutovamethod.com. uh This is our organization where uh, all other different organizations uh, grew and we have six organizations total, uh, very active organization. This is our Mazgutova Foundation. Again, uh, the same uh, name, Mazgutov Foundation. And every Thursday, we have morning exercises at 9 uh, a.m. Florida time. Uh, Isabel uh, Renard-Fontaine, our uh, instructor that I told already about her, she is uh, leading these morning exercises. And very successful, more and more people of different professions, healthy, not healthy, different people come. We created this actually uh, for increase uh, of survival during COVID times. So about immunity, mm-hmm. about movements, about how to keep brain safe after COVID, especially. So they have topics uh, anti-COVID state, (laughs) then it is how to work with your brain, then uh, about sleeping, then it can be about uh, coping with uh, acute stress, different topics are there actually. Then we have uh, our university, and this is where we really want to invite intense way our uh, audiences, our students. It is Masgutova Graduate School of Neurosciences Development. This is the school that exactly shows The knowledge gives the knowledge and shows the mechanisms and laws of the work of brain and our muscular system that affect our uh, physical development, emotional development, behavioral regulation, cognitive development, and just it is about well-being, not medical approach. It is educational approach. We want to go on the path of educational approach. Those students that are there not many yet. That are there already. They say it is uh, amazing uh, source of knowledge for any professional of helping discipline.
0: And how long is that course? Is it just in person or online as
1: well? It is online. Basically, seventy percent of the studies are online lectures, and for practicum, they are coming to our so called family conferences, to our mm-hmm. clinics, and they watch and they are they are trained by supervisors by their mentors. Uh, in uh, practicum
0: in practice. Dr. Masakutova, thank you so much. Um, truly, I <laughs> really appreciate it. This is so wonderful.
1: And wishes of the good, healthy nerve system for you and your family and your audiences. Uh, we want to work with athletes because this is our next group that we want to target uh, in sense of their processes and understanding that life can be easier, different way, and most important, to keep the health of the nerve system and neuroplasticity. Thank you Thank very, much. very, very much, thank you.
0: And that is a wrap, ladies and gents. Thank you very much for being here. My name is Ben Pakulski. I love bringing the world's greatest humans to you with respect to performance, to understanding all the facets that go into performance. If you've never heard me talk about the six pillars of a lean, healthy, muscular body, you gotta to listen to that podcast. It's probably six or eight months back now really want to understand that because that's the framework through which you make decisions on what's important and what's not important to you right now. And I promise that if you integrate some of Dr. Svetlana's um, MNRI uh, program, Mats- Maskutova Neurosensory Motor Reflex Integration Program, you're very likely to receive a significant benefit. And the benefits you may receive are things like increased mobility, increased balance left to right, and probably even increased performance. And I would also say almost certainly decreased overall stress levels because when your body, she mentions, when your body is misaligned, it's actually perceiving that as a stress. So ladies and gents, if you are interested in optimizing performance, I highly suggest you check out Dr. Svetlana's course. You can follow her on social media. You can also check her out at the Maskutova Institute. She's actually in Orlando, Florida, and she's got people all over the world that can help you degree so thanks again to Bubs Naturals for being our sponsor today. And again, you can check them out at muscleintelligence.com slash Bubs Naturals. If you're someone, one of the very few people left in this podcast who doesn't use Bubs, I highly suggest you continue to do so. Head over there now, pick some up, 20% off. And the cool thing about Bubs and why I continue to, to let them integrate with us is they're just such a great company that has a great mission and they're doing great things for other people. And 10% of their profits go back to charity, which I just love they've got such good products so if you're gonna buy it anyways, you're gonna buy mct you're gonna buy collagen you should buy from bubs because they're good humans and we love them all right guys have a great day appreciate you being here as always don't forget to subscribe share this podcast with at least one person you know and love as we continue to dive deep into muscle building month gun show talk to you soon